0: everyone and uh, welcome to the baseball fever podcast i am your host julia i'm here with a friend of mine justin so justin thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast
1: no problem thank you for
0: having me welcome and so today we're gonna do like a focus on the New York teams the Mets and the Yankees so let's start off with the Mets and the the controversy that's been surrounding them recently with the Michael Conforto situation so during their home opener last week Michael Conforto coming up to the plate with the bases loaded Jeff McNeil had just hit a big solo home run that tied the game he comes up with the bases loaded two strikes he gets hit by a pitch but it looks like he leaned into the pitch and the pitch could have been called a strike I think it could have been borderline either way but the pitch clearly was he just he didn't move out of the way to make an attempt to move out of the way. So, overall, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. Do you think he leaned into the pitch? Did it just happen to be his reaction? Like, what do you think he was thinking at that time?
1: I think he definitely leaned into it. I mean, you can see him, you know, they're showing the slow-mo replays on SNY as it happened. You can really see him almost move, like, do his elbow a slight jerk into the pitch. But Mm -hmm. definitely think that was what he intended, and it was just a really really bad mess up on the part of the umpires because that should have been called strike three and that could have been a game-changing play for the Marlins on the other hand because that's now two outs of bases loaded they just need any kind of out to end the game or send the, send the game to extras it was tied at that point but yeah so I just think it was he definitely tried to lean into it I'm surprised the umpires didn't notice it It felt very obvious to the point where even SNY broadcasters the home broadcasters were ripping the ums for not getting that right so I definitely think he was attempting to lean in.
0: Yeah, definitely. For the Mets broadcasters to be admitting that that was a call by the umpire definitely shows you something. And even the umpire, home play umpire, after the game, he mentioned that he made a mistake and messed up. He he seemed like he was about to call that pitch a strike, is what I heard. And he ended up just calling the hit by pitch. But once that was called, the play wasn't able to be reviewed. So, of course, Dom Manningley, the manager of the Marlins, was very frustrated with it. But he just wasn't able to review that play. It wasn't reviewable. So there's nothing you could do about that, unfortunately, for the Marlins.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting thing you mentioned about the unks. I did notice, like, he was almost about to pull back from the strikeout call. And then, like, suddenly he just changed midway through and then hit, gave the hit-by-pitch symbol. Yeah. So definitely, I don't think even he knew in the heat of the moment, like, what he was supposed to call on that play. Because it was some of those things you can only see it on the slow-mo, but it was something that he did intentionally do.
0: Yeah, especially right then, right in real time, he has to make the right call right then. Once he called that pitch and said it was a hit by pitch, and he took his base. There was no going back after that. He knew he made a mistake and it could have been reviewed. So that's just too bad for the Marlins just get cheated out in the game in a way. We never would have known how it would have went, but yeah, so. It's a, win in, oh, it's a win for the Mets. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: so a weird one at that, but yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, you have to be
0: happy. The win's a win, and at, at the end of the year, 162 games, that counts as a win. So you won't be thinking about that then. So yeah. um, the Mets now, they, um, they're they playing the Phillies in a four-game series right now, which they played a doubleheader yesterday, and they, they swept a doubleheader on a walk-off win the first game. Then it was a fucking shutout the second game. Mark Strowman has been, been strong for them recently. He threw six innings, gave up no runs, struck out three batters. So for Stroman, do you think he's going to keep up that success, or do you think, he might be a little shaky as the season goes on.
1: I think he could be able to keep up that level of success. He's had he had those very, a very good years in Toronto. He, everyone was kind of questioning where he would be this year because he sat out the previous season due to COVID. So, this is the first time he's pitched since September of 2019. So, obviously, it's been a very long time for him. But, you know, he's always been kind of in the range of like late two to three ERA standards. So, I think he'd be able to keep up around that. I'll, I think he'll be. Perfect for what we what we have him here for. That middle-of-the-order guy wants Syndergaard's back because then that, he'll probably be the number three in that situation. But then we think he'll be able to keep up a good good work on that role and uh, as the season rolls on.
0: Yeah, definitely, too, because you mentioned about the Syndergaard injury. He's out for a while. The Mets need people to step up, especially with their bullpen. That's pretty. It's been pretty shaky lately, you know. Yeah. Of course, DeGrom, he pitches great seven, eight innings, and then they blow it in those last inning or two, which is has to be frustrating for Mets fans. I know you're probably very frustrated with that as well. So the
1: bullpen is the biggest issue like you know like even yes like you know you saw stroman's performance yesterday Who's was just, that was a seven inning game so who's to say if that was a nine inning game and we had to get more bullpen work because even it even got a little kind of intense at the end of that game because jared's Familia came up and i think they were one better away from having a tying run aboard abo- on base so it's like you know how many how long can we rely on this bullpen to preserve the lead of a starting pitcher? So I think that's kind of the the biggest problem of the Mets right now is the pitching is going to be okay. We're getting Carrasco and Syndergaard back later, but the bullpen is what it is. We're still missing Seth Lugo, but it hasn't changed the fact that guys like that take the middle of the game or before, you know, set up and all that, those guys are kind of so far pretty inadequate for the role.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, especially Seth Seth Luke's actually a pretty solid player. He could he could start, he could pitch in relief, so he's someone that the Mets definitely miss. And the bullpen's a big part of the game too. I know the Yankees the last couple of years, they've had a really solid bullpen. I can't I can't imagine the season like it's tough because you you might have a one or two run lead, a game that you could win, and then you there you go the Mets bullpen blowing it because then you, you have your starting pitcher working so hard, the Grom the best pitcher in the game I would say right now. And then you have the offense has pretty pretty solid offense. You have a great lineup there. They're go going to end up scoring runs for you, so it's just if the bullpen just keep holding those leads or learn to hold those leads that would be big for them if they want to make make the playoffs this year you
1: know those great
0: so also um moving on to um brandon nimmo he is a player who um he broke out a couple years ago in 2018 he was hurt 2019 had an okay year last year but he's been off to a great start this year has a 435 average a 1.146 ops in 23 at-bats to start the year and so he, he, he has never really seen that much of him like the last couple years, but now he seems to be healthy and he seems all good. So do you think he can keep up to success? Do you think he's going to be a consistent force in the Mets outfield and for, for their offense?
1: I think in terms of the batting average, that's probably going to come down. He's never really been that high of an average hitter. He's always been like someone who goes in the 250s, 260s, in that kind of just above average range. His real value is what you were mentioning in the beginning with the OPS, where he just has his the same ability to get on base he's really good at drawing walks and that's why at least rojas and even mickey Callaway before him always had him roll in that leadoff spot role because he's just good. has a very natural ability to get on base and sometimes he does come up with a clutch hit and a big home run here and there but his big his value is the ops which he's always been good at and i feel like that's something he definitely at least that aspect of his offense he'll be able to keep up throughout the year and the batting average i expect eventually will come down hopefully he can up the average a little bit but i don't see that i don't expect that from him at this point in his like career
0: yeah and even the average isn't doesn't tell the whole story i think everyone knows that now in this this day and age the the average isn't the biggest thing the on-base percentage the ops is what's big and he's definitely good with getting on base and that's what you need as a leadoff hitter someone who can get on base and see a lot of pitches so i think he yeah he's as you mentioned of course maybe the average of course is probably going to come down as little inflated now it's from the only couple games they've played so far but yeah i definitely see him keeping up that that on-base percentage and i think he can have another strong year like he did in 2018 when he was healthy last in a full year. So um coming along with this of course the first year with Steve Cohen as the the owner of the team and made made the big moves for Francisco Lindor and Carrasco who is coming back soon. Do you think the Mets will make the playoffs this year?
1: It's going to be this this Annalise is one of the toughest divisions in this league. So you can make an argument for most of the teams, the Nationals, the Phillies, the Braves, they're all very solid teams and they all have very great lineups. So it's going to be very very competitive. I think the Mets will be able to get into the playoffs I would say probably maybe more so as a wild card if the bullpen doesn't improve because the bullpen keeps blowing weeds like it will it, it's gonna be it's gonna become an issue down the road for the Mets when they're trying to compete with the teams like the Nationals and the, and the Phillies so I think that's gonna be like the big x factor for us but I think the offense will figure it out I know they've been slacking a little bit in terms of scoring with with runners with scoring position. But I think that's something that eventually will turn around. I can see us more as like a wild card team, probably maybe even playing someone else from the NL East. I can see possibly see like us, the Braves and the Phillies all making it in into the uh, NL playoffs this year.
0: Yeah definitely as you mentioned I think it is like the the best division in baseball it's very very competitive and you have yeah the Mets the Phillies the Braves the Bra- I think the Braves right now if I was to make predictions today I think the Braves will win the division but I do believe that the Mets will take a wild card spot because they have a great team and they do have the potential I think all three of those teams have the potential to win the division but like it's it's definitely going to be Tough call between them, but I definitely see them with a wild-card spot and hopefully moving on a little farther than just the wild-card. Of course, the wild-card's tough because it's just the one game and it's tough for them. But if they can, they can get their way in, no matter how they get in, doesn't matter. Look at the Nationals a couple years ago, wild-card team, and they ended up winning the whole thing, so you never I know. Like
1: that could be something to, to watch out for with the Phillies because the Phillies have, since Bryce Harper signed, I don't think they've made the playoffs yet, so obviously they're hungry to get in. They want to, you know, really wants to win. His team won the first year he left, and he hasn't been to the playoffs yet. So they're they're a team I would watch out for because I think they're very under the radar, but they have a really solid lineup, and they have their pitching's all right, and their bullpen's solid aside from their closer, Hector Neris, who (laughs) cannot hold the lead. Every time I see that guy come in, someone's rallying against him. So You
0: got to hold your breath when he's pitching. But
1: yeah, so they're a team also that's going to be, I think, under the radar, kind of like that Nationals team that won the World Series a couple years back.
0: Yeah, for sure. The, the Phillies definitely do have a strong lineup. They just they signed JT back for, for pr- pretty long term. They have Gene Segura and Didi Gregorius has their middle infield. I think it's pretty under the radar, too, because they went out and signed Didi to that two-year deal. Someone who, I mean, recently hasn't been that solid defensively, but overall he's a solid defensive player, yeah. has a great left-handed bat. So, yeah, I do I do see the Phillies, the Braves, and the the Mets. You think those are the two, like, big names?
1: It makes it easier to justify that if he has a hot bat. So, I mean, you, you want the biggest aspect of success is the pitching. So if you don't have good pitching, the rest won't matter. So if Garrett Cole has better time working zone with Piniko and I think that's who you got to stick with. And that'll be really good for Yankees if he actually manages to, ha- to have a consistent quality batting average and mm-hmm. uh, offensive stats and be able to keep him in the lineup and be able to have. Garrett Cole pitching at his optimal success with Higashiro behind the plate.
0: Yeah, definitely too. You have Garrett Cole, who the Yankees are paying what thirty something million dollars a year to pitch for them. Yeah. You want him to be able to pitch at his utmost potential. You don't. You don't want him to pitch to Gary Sanchez if he doesn't pitch the best to him because even last year in the postseason, you saw Gary Sanchez, who is their primary catcher, benched for Higashioka so because he's, he works better with Cole. So overall for the whole season, I don't see him staying with Higashioka uh, catching for Cole. I do see him switching it up, but it's clear that he pitches better to Higashioka, so I wouldn't be surprised either way. But you have to remember too, because Gary Sanchez is their primary catcher, and if he doesn't pitch to Garrett Cole, their, main, their ace... It's going to be tough. He's going to be sitting every five days, and in the postseason, he's going to be sitting on their biggest days. So, especially with Sanchez, he's been he's been also hitting very well too. He's surprisingly has not only been hitting home runs, but he's been singles, doubles, and stuff. So, do you see that platoon continuing to happen? Just like in general, do you see like Kashioka getting more time than he should be in a way because he's a backup?
1: I think it all comes down to if Gary's able to get the defensive aspects of catcher down. So that's always been one of the big knocks on Gary is that he's. Has a, he's lacking in
0: so- Yeah, they're they're very underrated. The Phillies for sure. I could, def- I could definitely even see them playing the Mets in a, in a wild card game. You never know. You yeah, really never that, know.
1: That, I, I agree with that. I think that is what I would pick for my NL wild card debate.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a big possibility. Even the Nationals, I wouldn't be surprised if they came back at a point. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at anything in in that division because they have a yeah. solid division. Okay, um, moving on to the um the Yankees a little bit. They, they have been. Having a rough twelve games so far to start their year, they are five and seven now. They lost again today on a walk off. They really just their offense hasn't been where where it should be. They have guys healthy. the The issue the last couple of years has been their health, and this year they're healthy right now, but they haven't been able to string hits together. They even haven't been hitting home runs, which is what they're known for. So, do you think they're gonna? Of course, they're gonna like turn it around eventually. Do you think it's gonna happen soon within this next series against the Rays, or do you think this might continue for a little bit?
1: I think it might continue just for a little bit you know because the rays are a very strong ball club they just came off a world series appearance and so they did a good job against the yankees this past weekend that series so i think they might i think it's gonna come they're gonna come out of it sooner rather than later because they the offense is just too strong you have too many high quality foreign players there that will that say that team will be like down for too long but you know they will start slugging it again i think they're gonna be able to get back into it they just have to kind of break themselves out of this slump because i was mentioning earlier like how the Mets were having problems with runners and scoring position. That's something I've kind of noticed with the Yankees in their couple games, especially that opening series against Toronto. It's just something that they had trouble if they would rally and then the last guy up would strike out and that would be it. So I would think that's something that they really need to work on. But I think that's something that I have the utmost confidence that they'll be out of that sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, definitely. I just feel like their offense is just too talented to be this bad for any longer. Too much. Like I could see right. maybe like this this race series coming up is going to be tough for them. But I think once after that, if they could break through. At least even at the end of the series, maybe take the last two possibly if they lose the first one. I think that would be a big turning point for them. I think they just need to find like some right. kind of momentum shift because recently they just yeah they've been grinding into the double plays a lot. Haven't been able to get this push the runners and they get they get the couple hits. and As you mentioned, the guy just strikes out and the inning's over. Pretty surprising too because their their success offensively any success they've had has been coming from the catching position which is in a position that's known for their offense. So you had Gary Sanchez and Kyle Higashioka have, have been doing well so far. Just a couple days ago, you had Higashioka hit two home runs in the game and represent the whole offense. That's why they won. So this he's an underrated guy too, because he's also a great defensive catcher. So if he can bring it along the bat, he can get more playing time because of course he's been mentioned as Cole's personal catcher. On that topic, do you think he will stay Cole's personal catcher, or do you think they're gonna move on and try to like platoon the middle way when Cole pitches?
1: Uh, well, I'm not familiar with how, like, how Garrett Cole, with that uh, aspect of him being Garrett Cole's personal catcher, but if that's who Garrett Cole refers, you're going to want to keep him in the line. Defensive fundamentals for a catcher. I know because my brother always complains about him all the time, about it, the stuff he does behind the plate. So I think if he's... So obviously they don't want to keep him no matter what. That's something that always has been undisputedly great about him is his ability to hit the ball hard, home runs, doubles, stuff like that. So if he's able to... To like really start into that role is even better defensively. He might be able to get over like over Igashoega, but if he still has that issue of defensive catching, and Igashoega's bat's not cooling down, it's hard to take him out of the lineup if he's the better defensive guy and is giving your pitchers a better shot to win too.
0: Exactly, Igashoega's defense is what's going to help him too, especially if Sanchez starts to slump because last year he didn't healed well or he he didn't hit well he hit 147 last year in that 60 game season which was just unacceptable for any MLB player you don't see an MLB player hitting with that that low of an average having that rough of a year he did hit 10 home runs but when you have an average that low it doesn't work out so if I think I think as long as he keeps it up with his bat Gary Sanchez I think he will keep continue to find time even if he his defense isn't up to par with Higashioka just because he is considered the primary catcher so I think he will find most of the time and um, also, this baseman situation has been tough, too, because Luke Voigt, who is their primary first baseman, who won the home run title last year, had 22 home runs, led the league with the home runs last year. The two, three, four weeks, even, he has that torn meniscus in his knee. So, in the meantime, the Yankees have had Jay Bruce playing, who is a lefty bat, lefty power bat, who you think, who? okay, he can hit the balls well at Yankee Stadium with the short porch, but that hasn't worked out for them at all. He's batting a very low batting average in the one, in the 100s, really hasn't been making the plays defensively at all, either. And, Messing up, not making the scoops, and that gives G- guys like Gio Rochelle and Glaber Tours that are unnecessary. So, what do you think? How do you think? void comes back like for the next couple weeks or so. Do you think Bruce will continue to get time, to or will they find other ways to make it work?
1: I think that if Bruce just keeps up, like not doing well, I have to move on to someone else. I know that I know DJ Lemay who could pretty much play the whole infield. So I guess if it gets bad enough, I, there's a point where you start to wonder. You mentioned uh, earlier. Gio Urshula playing shortstop so perhaps that could lead the way to kind of moving DJ out of the middle infield kind of having that middle infield of Glaber and DJ and then moving over to first base and I don't know who would take over third from there but I think eventually that if it keeps getting if it didn't prove at all that they're going to eventually have to move on and try and find other ways to get batters in the lineup because that's another they only compet, somewhat competitive division I mean really mm. it's kind of The Red Sox and Orioles aren't really in it, but the Yankees and the Rays, it's going to be a tough race to the top. You can't, especially if the whole lineup's slumping, you can't afford to have a a hitter like Jay Bruce, who's also just not doing very well, and who's kind of replaceable people already on the team.
0: Yeah, definitely. You see the Yankees, they took a chance on on Jay Bruce, and they ended up signing him to the deal after Luke Voit went down as to be their first baseman. Meanwhile, he's not really a first baseman. He's he's primarily an outfielder. So overall, yeah, it really hasn't been working out. I would give him another game or two, and then I, then I would start moving around, put DJ over at first, and start figuring out something else. So you have um Dor who they just got recently. Who plays oh, right. he plays like second base I'm pretty sure by second base to figure out how it goes with Glaber and even geo but I think you, you can't work it out that DJ can play some first base but someone else who I like is Mike Ford who was the backup first baseman a couple of years yeah, ago yeah. had had a solid year a few years ago and he's someone another left-handed bat that I, I really like him I'm a huge fan of him and I really think that he could do well, too. I think if he had this like these same amount of chances, 10 or 12 games, to prove himself before Voight um, came back, I think he could really prove himself. So do you think Ford being coming up is a possibility?
1: I think so. I remember him a lot last year, and they relied on him a lot in the first base when I think Voight was dealing with another injury. So I think that could be someone. And also, I actually haven't really followed this. What happened with Miguel Andujar? He was able, because if you have him there who could play third base, if you were to move you know, Ursula to shortstop and... DJ at first. What is he like injured right now or not
0: yeah. performing well? Yeah, he's um he's hurt right now. He he something with his wrist hurt him like I think like a couple weeks like into spring training. So he hasn't really been playing since. Haven't really heard much okay. about him. But I think he's still like working back a player that I like, a backup player, who could he's not very good defensively, but he couldn't take over at third base if he had to move Gio to short for a reason. And I do like his back too. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up and maybe if someone gets hurt and, and comes up and he can, he can use his back because he has he had a great year a couple of years ago. The rookie came in second. I could definitely see him coming up at a point as well. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he's definitely an option.
0: Yeah, I think he would be a good option for them too because, he, as you mentioned, of course, if um, they move DJ over to first, let's say, for like a couple of weeks like consistently, you need someone that could play third or play short even. And then if you can move Gio over to short, you need another third baseman. So he could be an option as well, someone, something that the Yankees will have to work out. And um, for the last question, of course, you have two big right-handed arms in New York. You have no, no, Noah Syndergaard and around the All-Star break. So for both, for both of them, both solid pitchers who have a potential to help lead the team, each of their teams to the post Luis Severino, who are both coming back from from Tommy John surgery now. They're supposed to be around to come back, coming back in the summer. How big of a return do you think that would be for both teams?
1: I mean, I think they both provide value. That's kind of huge for their rotation because, you know, we have – both teams with additional depth right now, but obviously having a Luis Severino or Noah Syndergaard type of talent is leaps and bounds above having one else like the world of I don't know who the fifth starter for is right now. But like the Mets have Joe struggled this year, and it's only his second year in the league. So having like a experienced veteran with you know who's done past could definitely be a big X factor for both of those teams' playoff chances, and having that extra little bit of depth to their pitching.
0: Yeah, definitely too. I'm with the Yankees. They have the two two guys, two speeder, number two and number three in the rotation, Jameson Tyon and Corey Kluber, who have haven't pitched that great as of late today. Corey Kluber didn't pitch well either, and he's expected to be a number two. You know, like both of these guys coming off injuries in the last couple of years, so you can't really expect them to be. P- be like of course they hopefully they can stay healthy the whole year but you can't expect them to be pitching tons of innings so you're going to need help like Severino when he comes in to be able to help help lead, lead the pitching staff because it's going to be tough because once it comes down the stretch these pitchers aren't going to be able to pitch much because they haven't pitched so much like haven't pitched at all the last couple of years so i think Severino'll be a huge help in that front too and as you mentioned um Domingo Herman had this fifth spot in the rotation but then he got sent down after his last start he, had, he hasn't pitched good in his, in his first two starts i think it was just mainly just to make make him move and like bring a fresh arm up but i do i do think he, he could do well also doing Herman, of course he had that domestic violence suspension situation he hasn't been with the team for a long time but i i do think he, he can come up eventually when he gets called up i don't really know exactly what's going on with him down he can help out in the rotation also
1: i also think you mentioned important about innings because also while Syndergaard and severino be great to have back there's going to be that aspect of the innings cap especially with severino because I, I don't remember i even remember the last time severino pitched so that's going to be something you know, with Noah Syndergaard too. Because he didn't pitch all of last year either. Is that how many innings can they eat in the regular season, and you know how long do you want to preserve them to so make sure you have that arm in the playoffs? And there's become an issue of you know how much rest are to blow out in the postseason because you don't know how how well they're going to handle how many innings after so long not being on the field at all.
0: That's true. Yeah, Severino he last pitched in the postseason in 2019. And when he came into camp in 2020, which is when, like, of course, right before the whole pandemic hit, he actually tore the, the ligament in his el- elbow, and that's when he was out with the Tommy John. So he's been out for a long time. Of course, they didn't pitch last year, and he's coming back now. And he's, he's expected to pitch pretty much like an ace because he has pitched like an ace before. Just a couple years ago, he was the Yankees ace before they got Cole. Now they don't need him to be, be an ace. But of course, they would love ace-like stuff out of him to be a number two or three in the rotation. So that's like both of those guys, Syndergaard and Severino, were going to be, I think, keys for them if they want to make make a big postseason push, be able to not only get to, into the postseason with wild cards, but maybe make a run at the division. So I think both teams will be getting huge pickups, pretty much like a de- pickup, like a trade deadline, like you're trading for like another fresh arm, which I think will be huge for both teams. Yeah, I agree. So, um yeah, thank you all for joining this episode of the podcast. I'm Julia. I'm with Justin today. Justin, and thank you again for coming on.
1: Well, I'm you again for having me.
0: You're welcome and yeah, I hope you all enjoyed the podcast and we will see you next time.